0: What's going on? This is Andy. this is August. Hey guys, it's Liz. What's going on guys? This is Brandon. What's up? This is Dave. What's up? It's Logan and Kai. And you're listening to the Antisocial Social Tour
1: Podcast. Hello, who are you and what do you do?
0: My name is Dr. Christine Malika. I'm a licensed psychologist in Pennsylvania. And currently, I do psychological testing and assessment. And I teach undergraduate psychology courses.
1: Let's get into it i used to be anti-social that was the old me but now i'm feeling
0: social and i think we should meet i used to be a loco
1: young in the
0: run the streets but now i'm trying to be a mogul before i d.i.e e. e.
1: What's up, what's up, world? It's Brendan Avery, and I'm here again on part three with Dr. Christine Uh, Malika, right? I always have a little bit of trouble with that. Um, How are you? How are you feeling? It's been a while.
0: Yeah, it's been our usual monthly break. Um, As people know, I come here to Brandon to the social tour to record my own podcast in like a professional studio setting. So when I come in, I get a chance to talk to Brandon. It's wonderful. i have been okay. I think I was doing a little small talk before we started seeing that uh, for parents like Brandon and I, um, there's never any real downtime because there's always lots to do between schooling and extracurricular events. And even if you're not one of those parents, that's super overscheduling your child. Things have changed from when we were younger that even if your kid isn't so overscheduled or isn't so busy, they're still busier than it used to be. So um, I had a really amazing day yesterday. It was opening day of t-ball it was yeah. opening day of little league and you, and, you guys are into sports anyhows. and yeah i well um i try and do they they go to a really good school so i know they're getting their academics covered yeah but um like most schools pe isn't like some big priority yeah at the school and you know they're little so they do recess which is awesome but i try and supplement like um one sport a season so right now i thought well let's try out little league okay. you know let's try out t-ball and introduce them to different things and sooner or later there'll be one they really like yeah you know like one of them will gravitate towards like i've had them play little soccer things or i've had them do a little bit of tennis or right now they're learning they're swimming for safety you know okay. and i figure if i just keep exposing them to different little sports different little games they'll find one they like
1: what uh what are they into now the, the most
0: well now because it's baseball because okay, so they're playing whatever te- it is yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And they had this the North Bethlehem Little League um had an opening day ceremony like for real baseball. Yeah. And they had a parade and a special state really? representative came to speak and they did the national anthem and they did the Little League pledge. And it was like a real opening day of baseball. You yeah. know, it was like super cool. And um the North Bethlehem Little League is it's all done by like where you live, yep. but where you belong. So us in Easton, we're part of this North Bethlehem Little League. And um, long story short, my husband ended up having to be one of the coaches really? <laughs> for the team. Yes, by default. Well, it was something happened with the original coach couldn't end up doing it. So he and another parent, I think she's now the main manager. My husband's the assistant coach, nice. which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like you know, he gets to have this experience with them and, it's and get really some cool bad to have time. dad to be go. the coach. And it's I have two boys, so there might not be as many things I get to do with them like that. Yeah, um, Not that I can't be a Little League coach, but yeah. I don't really know baseball. And he does, yeah. so it makes more it's sense. It's a bonding experience as well, too. Yeah, so it was a really nice day. The weather was perfect. Yes. The kids had a good time. And I think at this age, at four and six, they just turned four and six. Okay. So they were just coming off three and five. And you get a hat and cleats and a little Batting helmet and gloves. <laughs> so yeah, and like a, the uniform. So I think that's part of it too, mm-hmm. It's like feeling like you're part of a team. Yeah. And, you know, you're, so it, it was, it's nice. I'm glad we're doing it. And I, I don't know if it's because it's in Bethlehem, which has such an American history, this part of the country of like Bethlehem steel and industrial yeah. engine in the country, but it just seemed like this super slice of Americana to be in Bethlehem doing Little League that. I know nowadays basketball and football are sort of the more popular sports. Like baseball is not really America's pastime anymore. Okay, I don't think kids really follow it. Like maybe in the fifties or sixties or seventies or whatever. Mm -hmm. But so it was still kind of nice to like see how popular it was and kids doing it. So because my kids, I don't, I'll, I'll let them do flag football maybe next fall to learn the rules and learn the play. But I can't see them playing real tackle football. Yeah, because of like you know head injury stuff. So you won't allow it. No, and my husband won't either. Yeah. So football is probably not in the cards for them. But I have no problem with them playing
1: flag football. I agree. I think that's it's, cool. It's, uh, I know sometimes I like some kids are, I'm not really into sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that right no. now but I mess up some like terminology. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that there's like kids that have like uh, practiced, let's say football, since they were young and mm-hmm. they'll be like almost pro. And then like in high school they'll get a, a, a head accident that gives them uh, like a brain injury and now yeah, they can't they even get multiple move concussions. Yeah. yeah. And they can't even make it to the leads so like their whole life. They prepare for this one sport and then mm-hmm. it's And done. In
0: fact, uh, this past month at my, my job, that's with the private practice, I'm working with a minor who had multiple concussions from uh, his or her sport. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing some site testing on them to try and figure out what help they need and how, because it really threw them for a loop Yes. So I'm working right now writing up that report. In fact, when I leave here, I'll go home. My goodness, it doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. And can you write up that report about figuring out um, what this person needs to help them get back on track after some sports concussions?
1: Now. I know we left off because mm-hmm. um, you, you always say something that sparks me to get more interest in something. Mm-hmm. So I know we left off talking about how you met your husband yes. and things of nature, and I want to get back there because yeah. we were just getting juicy. We okay, we had to, we okay. had to okay. go off, but we sure, have a, sure. we have a lot of time today right, right now, right. so that's good. Um, but I want it while it was fresh in my brain. I want you to walk through uh, an average day in the life of you, even like when it comes to like asses- assessments and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't mind, sure, yeah. So, um. My husband wakes up first
0: because he's a trauma surgeon and their day, their work day starts at 7 a.m. That's like the first call for their switching over from the night shift and the first, I think, time like surgery starts. So 7 a.m. is when he um, has to be at work. Okay. So he's usually up before us. Like 5 maybe? Yeah. He, (laughs) not not that early, probably like 5.36 because he gets up. He'll feed the dog and then he goes to work and we're like 25 minutes from the hospital. Gotcha. So then I wake up then right when he's leaving, I wake up and the kids wake up and then we get ready for school. Now school is not, they don't go to the local um, public elementary school as we have them in a private school. So it's about 25 minutes from the house. So by the time you drive the 25 minutes, you do the little drop offs and walk them in Mm because they don't take the bus yet. They're very little. It's an hour. Okay. So yep. an hour each way, each day, there's two hours of school commuting. Yeah. So then on days that they're both at school, because they don't go to school f- full-time all day because they're little. They're okay. one's in like nursery school. Day. Ones in, Yeah, one, one's a full, they're both full days, eight to three, but they don't, one goes Monday through Friday, one goes Monday through Wednesday because one's gotcha. kindergarten, one's nursery school. So um, I come home and on three of those days I teach Um, a class I lecture for an hour for the Lafayette um, psych undergrads and on one day a week I go into the private practice and I do a full psych assessment battery on a patient okay and then because I'm a working mother um, I come home to do the scoring and the writing because to stay in office doesn't really make sense because I have to go pick them up yeah and if my husband happens to be home during the day because he's working night shift, which is a big part of his job, yeah. is to be on call at night, then it's great because then maybe that morning he can take them to school. Yeah. Because otherwise I have to get them ready, pack their lunches, get them dressed, get myself ready in work appropriate attire and pack my, then drive them all the way out to their school, come all the way back to where the practice is, go back to get them. You know, it's a lot of back yeah. and forth. I mean, it happens, but it's just a lot of driving. So um, it's better when my husband's schedule, Allow you to switch is, off. Yeah, allows now. It's, it's worse for him because it means he's working all night. Yeah, <laughs> but it's nice <laughs> for me because it means nice I have little break for yeah. For I don't mom. have to drive in the morning. So um, that's a typical day. It's either teaching or or working at the practice. But the main priority are my kids and my family. So yes. my main priority is getting making sure they're all settled in, making sure they're set for the school day, what they need, what's going on during their day. Do they need something special brought in? I'm the class mother for the younger one. um, for the it's called the primer, isn't even their school, and I'm the this year's class parent. So even though it's COVID, so there's not been much I had to do, but yeah. So I always sort of that still feels like my priority, but I'm very glad to be doing my psych career yeah. in these sort of small part-time ways because it really does help to be doing something that stimulates yourself. Yes, but it's it's still right now with the age of my children and me still being the primary caretaker of them because of my husband's full-time, more than full-time yeah. role. Um, they're still the priority and they're still the um, main thing I make sure is taken care of first and. And and my stuff is the stuff that gets axed or sacrificed. Like, yeah. let's say there's a snow day. Guess who isn't staying home from work? <laughs> is it you? Or is it or <laughs> no. is it hubby? Yeah. If if yeah. it's a snow day, he's not calling and saying cancel all my surgeries. Yeah. It's snowing. I do that. I'm the one who has to say cancel. Yeah. My opinion, right. So that's why I'm the main caretaker because if something. If they, what if one of the children's sick, yeah, and has to stay home from school, is he gonna
1: call I can't no? no. So it's, it's a good balance meeting. there, um, and I do love that you, you use the word priority as far mm-hmm. as for the family and children. Yeah, and it is. I think that is, that is. I didn't expect that. Not mm-hmm. to say I didn't expect it, but I didn't normally. We 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 want to prioritize our family and our mm-hmm. children, but our careers and lifestyle sometimes don't allow it to be um, more than. at times no and
0: you know what I have to say this because who am I kidding I can't act like the elephant in the room isn't the privilege that I don't have to work Brandon Mm -hmm. right if I had said I don't want to do this anymore my husband's job would be able to to have the resources so for me to say I'm making it a priority because I can yeah if I were a single mother and I didn't have another, there wasn't a dual income house. Yeah. Or I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to, do, I'd still be okay. So really I can't, I, it's a priority cause I can't. Yeah. yeah. What do you do when you're a single parent and you have to work cause there's no uh, child support. There's yeah. no Alamo. You're truly mm-hmm. a single parent yeah. where there's no support from the other parent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's all well and good for me to say it. Yeah. But
1: I just but want to that out. There's also uh, people in your position who will put what they work at priority as well. Yeah. So that's why, like, I, even though we, we can attack the elephant in a room, but mm-hmm. I still think you, it's still a choice. And you still yes. choose you still choose to Absolutely. work, too. But you yeah. also allowed yourself to, like, this is more important. Family and my children are more important, right?
0: And that's why when I was figuring out a career, I had gotten advice, I believe, I'm, I know from my father saying Pick a career that allows a certain amount of flexibility since most likely you will be the one probably shouldering the primary caregiving or household Mm. of the kids that, you know, in this day and age, it's, there's lots of times it's split. It's not, it's not like it was when I was growing up, but we know from research that even when women work full-time out of the house and the man works full-time out of the house and they share it guess who still mom the, yeah guess who <laughs> guess who still does the the majority of the job like the husband might say okay I'll do the laundry this week or I did some of the bathroom cleaning but the mother still has what they call sort of the mental load
1: yeah
0: of managing yeah. and running the household yeah. and doing all their stuff so you still really have two jobs so I went into this knowing okay let me pick something that I call the shots on I can Have my own private practice, like something that would allow me flexibility where I didn't have to answer to, I'd have to answer to the insurance companies, but I wouldn't have to Mm -hmm. answer to a boss. Yeah. And
1: that's why I did it this way. Awesome. I think so. that's great. That's genius. Because, you know, it, it really is because you like you prepared yourself. So even though that you're you can say you're privileged enough enough now, but you mm-hmm. still made your sacrifice by going to school and doing yes. these things and picking the right career choice. Because sometimes I've uh, spoke to people who thought they picked the right career choice and then realize it's still conflicting with their their personal life, family life and their children. Mm-hmm. And, it, and and this time, like uh, you mentioned earlier, the times are different from when we were children. Mm-hmm. Um it's very different now. Like even as a, as a father, like it is challenging at times. Um, and I also tell my time. I said, you know, I'm grateful for you because she's a great kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I beat myself up about little things, but it is it is very um it can be very challenging when it comes to splitting the time.
0: There's just not enough time in the day. Yeah. It isn't.
1: Especially mm-hmm. when they're four and six. Yeah. You know, I have a four year old as well mm-hmm. who is not in my home, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's not all the time though. She's with all, you sometime though, right? Yeah, she's yeah. with me, yeah, for the most part, but yeah. she doesn't she's in she doesn't with me primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, my ten year old does. Mm-hmm. So but she's been with me since day one. So the lifestyles are totally different. Um, I think the four year old for her personality because without her I don't know where I would be because she's just, a, she's like, she's an old woman. Mm-hmm. She's just, she's been here 10 times before. So, um, yeah, but we talk every day and she comes often because we, we don't have, um, I will say I'm blessed enough to not have a complicated situation mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. it comes to co-parenting. Mm-hmm. It can be two o'clock in the morning and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Come and go. It's, it's, that's, I'm blessed for that. that um, is true. It, it is cause I've heard some horror stories and I, and I'll look and I'm like, geez, okay, you know, you just count your blessings because I don't have that. So, yeah. um, but it's still, it can be challenging. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Um, so now let's go back to uh, where we left off. Yes. Uh, yes. When, when you were glowing up <laughs> about the success story of eHarmony. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so if
0: right. eHarmony listening, I run a podcast that's and right. you guys can host it. Um, yes, so John and I met on eHarmony in 2012 right after Hurricane Sandy. So that's the long and short I started getting the little email notifications from him and I was just about to shut down my account because I wasn't really finding anyone so interesting. He was one of the last people to contact me and I we struck up a um, email and then Skype Mm -hmm. chit chat and then we ended up meeting in person and it really just kind of clicked from there and but there were some bumps along the way like I think I had mentioned last time I had met him. Um, he had told me like he had only been divorced a very short period of time, yeah. and, and I have three wonderful stepkids. And but it turns out there's a little drama there. Mm-hmm. It turns out um, I met him; he was living in his bachelor pad, and he had his custody schedule set, so I knew what days the kids were, you know, all that was set. Yeah. But it turns out his final, what they call MSA, okay, that determines like alimony, like the final division of stuff, was still working its way through the courts. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't officially officially um, stamped, mm-hmm. um, signed, but he was separated. You know, he was fair and yeah. you know, I'd be able to date, but he was a little bit um, shady about that because he thought if he... Because he
1: knows what caused conflict and then yeah, kind of find someone and he wants he, to be with.
0: Right, and he had been um, separated for so long, doing his own so long, had all his custody stuff done so long, had all this paperwork in the courts with the lawyers for so long. He thought once it was submitted, he would go on harmony. I was actually the third person he dated. I was the third... Yeah. Woman He went out with from eHarmony. And he said the first two just didn't kind of go anywhere. And I guess I clicked. But yeah, so then when I found out, I'm like, wait a minute, you're still so I I said, you show me all this paperwork. And and he was telling the truth. Everything was all set. But but let me tell you something. um, And for those listeners out there, it did take a long time Mm -hmm. for that final decree. The final nitty-gritty, yeah. I want this, you want that, that final nitty-gritty. Nothing with cut custody or even done and signed and put through the course. But the final nitty-gritty of the financials took a really long time.
1: How did it affect your dating life during this time?
0: It sure did because I was like, hey, I don't know if I would have dove in Yeah. if I had known the truth about the the status. It wasn't totally wrapped up. Yeah. So it caused me a lot of stress and strain because I wasn't comfortable with it.
1: Because you wasn't sure about what what's true and what wasn't. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, wait,
0: is this the whole story? And yeah. you know what's going on? What do your kids feel about this? You know, I just, yeah. I just had a lot of um, uncertainty because I like things. It's unrealistic of me and rigid, but, but I like things black and white, me clean too. cut. Mm-hmm. This, but in life- It doesn't work that way. It doesn't way. work. But my rigidity and my obsessive need for things to be just so and yeah. buggy, conflicts with that. So I had to learn a little bit about, um, I don't get to control everything. You mind- if mm-hmm. I ask you this, because yeah. it's
1: funny, because I'm I'm the same way, mm-hmm. but and I was in the last year and a half, I've been learning it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. You know what they'll say? It doesn't work that way, sweetheart. It, yeah. uh, that's kind of what it is. So what what type of things have you done to, I guess, make yourself comfortable with it? Because I don't think it's ever a, a complete comfort zone as far as not the black and white, you know, we can't control the outcome. About those thing. things in my life in general. Yeah, yeah.
0: So that experience was one of the first ones that I think, showed me how rigid I can be yeah. and how moralistic I can be, how much I want things to be like, no, that is wrong. Yeah. And this is right. That's not right. You should have told me that is not right. Mm-hmm. You should, I I would not have gone forward getting to know you if I, I knew that, if the final stamp wasn't on there. Like, yes. a, But yet every time I tried to seek validation from like, we went through the premarital council, pre, everyone was like, what is your problem? Yeah. They're like, this isn't a big deal. Like everyone, even the the lawyers, the courts, the judges, even like, you can't, emo-, not to me, to the other, was yeah. like you can't emotionally blackmail people by saying, like once the person's separated, they're free to date. Yeah. Like once they're living in a separate, especially when he was telling his home, truth, you know, because yeah. he didn't have to say anything. No, especially when, once you're living in a separate home and the custody is complete and you're just working out the final things, you're free. Otherwise, the, the other party could keep you tied for yes. years. So mm-hmm. the judge was like, you can't do that. You, you're free you to allow seek them to go, your own. Yeah. So I, but for me personally, I was like, no, 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 no. But so that was one, what I learned from that was one of those things where it's like, you have to be less judgmental.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You have to be less rigid. You have to be less moralistic. Mm-hmm. That things are not, things are messy. Yeah. Things are not neat and clean. And you have to make your own decision and then find your place of comfort with it and move on. Thank you. And um, so I, there's part, still parts where I'm like, well, I don't know if I went back because I even told him I'm like, why don't we get, why don't we stop dating and take a six month break? And six months from now, get back. Let's swing back around once you're once the, you're through the final mediation on this, yeah. the the money part, even though you're done with everything else. He was like, no, I don't, I don't. He was like, I don't think I want to do that. It's unrealistic. Yeah. What if it took more than six months? Yeah. So I just that. So that was the only real conflict in. In that period of my life. Mm-hmm. But from that, I had to come into reality yes. that things don't aren't always in a neat box and that that's real life. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was the lesson learned was that I needed to learn to be, and I'm not talking about compromising and settling. Yeah. I'm saying less rigid and yes. moralistic. There's yes. a difference, less judgmental. A big difference, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just more realistic that... You know, p- you can't pick everything to be the way you want it to be because there's another person yes. involved. So and- that's sort of, I think, what I learned from that time period. Because up until then, I had pretty much control over everything yes. in my life. Always. always, I didn't have children. Oh, I was man. on my own path. I wasn't, you know, I date. I had lots of serious relationships. But, but You if you're were not in married. Control, like you were in control
1: of the yes. outcome of
0: every. Because if you're not married. You made, and you don't have kids. Yeah. You're really sort of still single. Yeah. Until you're married and have kids, because then your life is really bound to another person. Like you yes. like you said, you have Ooh, you still have a co-parent. Pizza. Yes. You're not with this person, but they're still a large part of your life because
1: you're a co-parent. You're bound. Yes. And um, and I'll be quite frank honest, um, uh, like yourself, even when I was with the person in your house. The control that I had, I was, I'm not a controlling person. I mm-hmm. won't say that, but mm-hmm. I want things black and white and I know the outcome of most things I can control my life. So if this is an ongoing occurrence mm-hmm. and then things shift, it's like, what do you mean? What's going on? So, um, and I say that to say, when we split, I thought the same control still happen, even though we're in different households. And as things were changing, they're still currently changing. I'm still getting used to it. That's why I asked you, you know, how did you, you mm-hmm. know, because that's what I'm currently dealing mm-hmm. with right it's forever. now it's forever. as we speak. And in the beginning it was like, no, you can't do that. I don't care. That's my kid. And that, even though it's your house. Oh, you can't you know, do that though. Yeah. yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I, oh, I'm, oh yeah, I'm learning. And yeah. that's the thing because of what I'm used to, it's now changing. Because now we have another person, yeah. other people, you know, and someone else's roof. Yeah, so, your
0: hand kind of doesn't extend into her house can, anymore. yeah. And her hand doesn't kind Kind of extend into your house yeah. anymore,
1: except for the safety and well being of your yeah. kids. And as long as they're safe, you don't you can't have no really. Say-so. Yeah, and I've learned that. Do you I'm,
0: Do you have a nut? Is there a, uh, another individual with her
1: now, like yes. a partner? Mm-hmm. And Which how is that an, for you? Uh, right now, <laughs> this is on air. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, it's fine. No, yeah. it's fine because these are the things you should talk about, and what better person to talk <laughs> about it with than you? Um, it's funny because, like, literally at this very moment of my life, um, I ignore it. Be for for several different reasons. Mm-hmm. One being the control aspect of it. Mm-hmm. There was a way we raised our first daughter, to how the second daughter is being raised. Which to me, and this is just my opinion, is the total opposite. Mm. And from the outside, I would assume that that's the first child, because it's totally different. Mm. So, like even little things like um, makeup, nails, painting, like sweets, things that we did not do at all with the ten year old, is now being done there. So in the beginning, when he's learning this, it's more like, you know, I'm used to, you know, daddy says what daddy says, and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. that's, 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 we're not doing that. But like you said, you can't, your hand can only reach for so far. And it wasn't registering to me at all in the beginning. That's, that's not how it work. What do you mean? I'm frustrated. I'm angry. This is not how it works. It can't work like this because this is how it works. And that's that. But as time progresses, you realize you cannot change the outcome of certain things that you do not have. So now it's settling into like you know what well, that's their house, their rules. As long as this, as long as my children are safe and sound, that's the thing. It's all that matter, and they are. So it's like, otherwise you can't go past that boundary. You can't, and yeah. um and that's where I am. And I think I I managed to get that really quick, so it never got mm. messy. Mm. Um because it's more so like you know as long as they, are they safe? Yes. Are they fed? Yes. Are they well dressed? Is this yes. man
0: appropriate? around them as the you yeah, appropriate that, figure to them as a step f- figure, then yes. that's all you
1: get to do. That's all I can do. And they're not in danger. There's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the sake of myself, I did it. I, even till the day I ignored it, the co-parenting is, is not as strong as it was, but there's no major uh, conflict Great. as far as the safety of the children. It's more of an annoyance of adults, if that makes yeah, any yeah. sense. Yeah. That's, what, that's what it is right now. And yeah. I just refuse. I'm a very stubborn human being. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to... Um, allow things in my universe that I don't like. So Mm -hmm. that part of the control of me retaining that control is currently where I am now, Mm -hmm. and it has not jeopardized the safety or well-being of my children, so that's why I'm going to still be stubborn this way Mm -hmm. Um, because, yeah, that's that's where I am.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, you will change as the kids get older. You will change. Like, there's so many things now that will affect you and change you that you don't get to control. Yeah. And sometimes it's true what they say about time sort of heals over mm-hmm. things that once were a problem no longer are and you move on i know you hope you move on like if yeah. you're a mentally healthy person yeah one of the Sometimes. keystones of mental health <laughs> is um mental flexibility yeah not mental rigidity mm-hmm. so mental flexibility and the ability to adapt and change with circumstances is a big keystone of mental health yes if you can't let go and you have to stay rigid and you have to create, then then you're not doing as well as you could be. Yes. So that's sort of the takeaway from that, that you've had to make some adaptations.
1: Yes. Really big ones.
0: Yeah. But that's sort of a, a a sign of a healthy mental approach to life and to coping, good Mm -hmm. coping. Yes. So. And to be bitter. yeah, Yeah. And, and to hear like, like I said, when I, when I was going through that now years and years ago now, and to not have people just immediately validate me like, yeah, um, I don't like that. I didn't know this. I'm not comfortable with this. I, they're like, what do you, who cares? Yeah. They're like, you're happy with John. You date John. You, you go more for the that's relationship. It. He's, the, he's, he's going through the end of a divorce. So what? That's a crime.
1: Yeah. And also I think <laughs> people the, are like, the what is point, your problem? Yeah. Why is
0: it bother you? I'm like, it bothers me because I want it to be neat and clean and perfect and over. Yeah, he's like, yeah. But they're like, that's not what's going on. He's finishing the, the last of his, um. It's it's going through the last portions of court That's what happened I'm like it's not a big deal Like also, no who cares He was
1: honest about it That's why I, So I would have said the same <laughs> yeah. thing as him. I'd have been like But is he telling you everything Yeah, yeah. And he's also show- There's the things that I know As me as a man yeah. I would have never done I'd have well, been like none of your business Even the priest yeah. Who did
0: our Who married us Who did the uh, The premarital counseling Who I thought Oh well, this guy's gonna be on my side he, he was like <laughs> He was like Boy you're pretty rigid I'm like excuse me yeah. I said well isn't it like lying He's like what do you think men do Yeah I said I'm sorry father what <laughs> He's like, well, he's a man. He thought if he was, you know, he didn't want to, he didn't want to lose you. So, you yeah. know, we, like we always shade the truth. Like, yeah.
1: You have to. Because I'm you like, who is this guy? would have ran away. I'm like, well, what kind been? of role? You run a yeah. church? What? <laughs>
0: What's, What's going on with you, sir? It was all in good faith. Yeah. And here you so are now. here I am now. And I, yeah. you know, I got over. It. But um, that was sort of the, you know, every relationship has a little drama in the beginning. Yeah. That was my drama. But now um, we have our two boys who are four and six and um, they're like our main focus, yeah. you know. And like many parents in this era, children have become the be all end all focus yeah. where when we were growing up, parents tended to have more social outlets, they
1: had, yeah, they had a, more yeah. social
0: lives, more social connections. But in this age, people really focus in on their children. Why do you think that is? Well, I did read an article, so these aren't my own thoughts, okay. <laughs> but they said people used to have kids and get married earlier. So, if you were right out of college getting married and having children instead of, say, in your 40s, -hmm. so between 20 and 40, if you weren't married and having kids, you were doing a career, you were traveling, you were having lots of experiences, social life, which is true for me. I traveled all over the world. I did everything I wanted to. I got a PhD. I mean, so now when I have settled on have kids, they're the focus. focus, Where they said lots of times people that uh, tended to be married and have children by early 20s. Those things would happen in tandem. You still had friends. You still had outlets while the children were growing up. And maybe after the kids were done and out of the house, and then you were only 40, yeah. then you would do all these trips and yes. travel. So things just sort of got flip-flopped. But it had to do, th- this person thinks it has to do with age mm-hmm. and stage, whereas you know, the, the average age of marriage in the United States has gone way up. Yeah. Um, most people aren't getting married Yeah. What do you anymore? think is due to technology? Yeah. that people are at home more because of social media
1: and stuff like that, like, like are not watching um, TV having and successful marriages and relationships um, due to social media.
0: I don't know because they say the marriages now that when you're getting married older, they're more successful. Yeah.
1: Older. Yes. Older mm-hmm.
0: are and people aren't just, aren't getting married or they're not getting married young. So the divorce rate, is not new? I say, oh, it's 50%. If that's not really true. You think it's lower now? The divorce rate is actually more stable than that. Mm-hmm. The divorce rate really spiked once no-fault divorces came into play in the what courts. What is that? Like, I think before the 70s, in most states, you had to have an at-fault divorce. I meaning someone had to do something yeah. wrong that you could then go into court and say, I've been abused, or yeah. I've been abandoned, or I've been, or and then they would me. grant you a divorce. Okay. Because of but no-fault divorces Came into the courts. I mean, this is my area, but I think the 70s. Okay. And we saw that explosion in divorces because then people could say, I want a divorce because I'm unhappy. Because, no, just because, no fault. Ah. A no fault divorce, right? Wow. I want to get a divorce. There didn't have to be a judged reason. Okay. And it was actually very beneficial to a lot of people because if people were in abusive relationships, Or they were in a relationship that they were stuck in. Like it allowed people to escape, to get out Mm -hmm. of bad marriages for whatever the reason, the man or the woman, to get out of bad marriages that otherwise they would have been locked into because they didn't have a. There are only so many things that were considered grounds for divorce. Gotcha. There are only like a handful of things. So now you could get divorced without grounds for divorce. You could just say irreconcilable differences or, you know. Whatever you could say. So no fault divorce was why there was an explosion of divorces. I'm also a divorce mediator. That's why I know.
1: Okay. I <laughs> know a, a lot. I, I love talking I'm to I'm a certified
0: divorce just, mediator in the state of Pennsylvania, so I can mediate divorces. So if anyone's interested, contact right. me. Contact her. Yes, contact so me. An I'm amazing a human being I'm, oh, on you. air and off air. I'm just yes, I'm you a guys. divorce mediator. So this isn't just I happen to know this as a hobby, I'm a divorce mediator. So um <laughs> It allowed women to get out of abusive relationships. It allowed men to get out of marriages that, you know, for whatever reason they didn't want to be in, but that caused that big uptick of divorces in the seventies. Mm-hmm. But since then, two things happened. One, people just don't get married as much anymore. Yes. And the people who do get married, stay married longer because they've gotten married older. Yes. So the divorce rate is actually not as high as it used to be. Okay. So,
1: And as a divorce mediator, is it your job to keep the people together No, 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 it's it's (laughs) neither, it's neither, it's,
0: it's, it's, I'm a neutral party, I'm a mediator, so they want to, it's, that's not my area to get into, that would be a a therapist area to ask, is your goal to come to marital therapy to try and work things through to stay together, or to try and work things through to separate peacefully, and then it would matter to me, but as a divorce mediator, they, they just tell you, we want you to help us, um, mediate and divide our assets to bring it to court without having to have it be as expensive yeah. or they might tell you no we're here to mediate a separate they'll tell you what okay, they want what they but want. it's not up to you to because you're not representing either one of them gotcha you're, you're neutral like and you're so saying. you help them most of them they like i want to get separated." well here's we're going to go through the property and we're going to go through this and, and hopefully because you're using a mediator it's a lot cheaper mm-hmm. and then you always tell them okay here's the document here's mm-hmm. the agreement Each of you take it to your own lawyer, legal representative, have them look through it Mm -hmm. see if there's anything that they want to discuss with you. And if it's fine, then you go to court and um, do it. And it has to be fair and equitable. Yeah. So you can't just be some lunatic being like, okay, you want this. No, it has to be fair and equitable, otherwise the court won't accept it. Yeah. But the point of it is that it's cheaper than engaging lawyers to do it all from the start. And a lawyer's job is to defend their client. That's it. Yeah so they're going to want to maybe push a little harder for, whereas if you're the mediator, you're trying to get the parties to work together. Yes. But it still has to be fair and equitable, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, it's just a way to maybe be more amicable and not as expensive. Yes. But I still always suggest you that you take this to a lawyer Mm -hmm. because it's just in their own best interest. Yeah.
1: Now, um, with that, now I spoke, this is our third conversation on Mm -hmm. record and I know I talk off record and, Mm -hmm. and, and my little evaluation i've learned a lot about you but also mm-hmm. mostly majority of things you do are to help other people mm-hmm. now my okay. question <laughs> my question is why do you want to help so many people like wh- like so even like learning that you're a divorce mediator mm-hmm. and all the other things i've learned about you and my role it stems help that i'm yeah. that i'm a helper why well, do i would get paid for that i mean it's yeah. not free i'm, I'm not yeah. meeting divorces for free yeah
0: but i, I know these things are not free. you're but saying they're like still, they're my role there. as a helper yeah so yeah Yes. When you take, if I were to take personality measures or I would t- take the Holland self directed search, that's just a really popular um, career tool. Okay. My codes always came up in this zone like um, community service, social work, therapy. Like this is the skill set that my personality traits always matched up to. Okay. So this was the area that I had the best skills in. Okay. So just on a concrete level, my personality, my skills, my communication style, my sort of who you are vocationally syncs up with this. Okay, now, psychodynamically, why do why do I feel I have to be a helper? Right, yeah. you got to you go back to childhood and you figure out well, what's going on there. There's now I'm not necessarily talking about me because I'm not yeah. going to psychoanalyze myself, but we learn in training that there are lots of reasons. I, we mentioned this in another yes. podcast mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have a savior complex? Are you someone who feels like you have to rescue other people? Are you someone who in your family played the role of therapist? Are you someone in your family who had a parent or sibling who was mentally ill Mm -hmm. and therefore you felt you were in a caretaker position or you felt like if you become that role, then you can help, Mm -hmm. then you can correct, called a corrective experience. You were helpless as a child against the mental illness Mm -hmm. or the illness, but then you say, well, now I'm a doctor or now I'm a, th- a therapist. Now I can be in control. Now I yeah. can make a change. Now I can help sick people. So it's a way to have a corrective experience yes. um, of that childhood fear of being out of control. Yes. So all of those are like sort of psychodynamic reasons someone might always be in a helper role.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then there's the um, concrete reasons of just what your particular skills, personality, and communication styles like that puts you in these roles. And anyone can take the SDS. Yes. It's called the Holland Self-Directed Search, the Holland SDS. You can go online and find it, and they give you your top three codes. I'm going to do it. Yeah, and those top three codes align with the U.S. Department of um, Job, I forget, the Department of Occupations, whatever. I hope it lands to
1: what I'm doing now. Yeah,
0: has, <laughs> has a big book of every single job. In okay. the country, and I'm gonna give me these codes, and, and it'll give you these. Two oh codes. god! But probably what'll happen is because you're creative, yeah, your codes will come out as like artistic yeah. photography. That's great. Creativity. As long as it does
1: that, I just don't That's want to go probably, like totally
0: left, like, no, no. engineer, <laughs> right? You should have like, been a computer. What? You should have been a computer scientist. No, but <laughs> well, I it, can take that too. Yeah. But it's like but totally left. Probably because it taps into your preferences. Yeah. Everything. And in fact, I have my, an assignment coming up for my students towards the end of the semester now where I'm going to have them take the SDS and talk about if they felt like this is realistic or whatever. Cause vocational counseling is one of the fields of
1: counseling, psych and clinical psych. Okay. So, so. that's good. No, you're fine. We're, 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 we're like, we're, thir- we're three seasons in at this point, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're three seasons in. We, 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 our threshold, we can do what we want. We always did what we want, um, but that's very interesting because, um, now I'm gonna take it. Uh, I, I hate like little tests like that, but I want to see like how yeah, accurate see, it is. Just see where it um, you. Yeah, I think things like that are pretty cool, so I'm gonna take it. And as long as it's in my range, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> yes, but if it says something like basketball player, yeah, I'm like, that's nothing that's I want a... to do in my life. No, I think, yeah. I
0: think because you're so inundated with the creative arts, yeah that that's going to come through and at least two of the three or something. Yeah. Because what it does is it picks up on what your likes are, what your proclivities are, what your skills are, mm-hmm. and sort of what your personality lends to. Gotcha. And so it p- kind of puts it all together. But mine always came up as counselor, therapist, social services, communicated,
1: it always did. Yeah. So. That's amazing. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow. we have learned. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank you for even – Joining me for three episodes of this sure. to learn about it, it a person. It felt very indulgent to get yeah. to sit here and talk about myself. I love it. I, <laughs> and I love hours. listening. I, I love listening because I've learned one thing I always say. If I can learn one thing a day, mm-hmm. it's a it's a great day. And I that's one of my goals every day. I don't care how small it is. Like, you know, what type of plant this is. I don't I've learned something, I fed my mind with something positive. Um with that, with that being said, I have one more question yeah, for yeah. you. Um yeah. What do you want to be remembered for? I think the first thing that popped into my head
0: now that I have a family and children is I want my two kids when I'm gone to remember me and think back on me with love yeah, and good feelings and caring and support. Like I want them cause not everybody mm-hmm. has positive thoughts about yeah. <laughs> their family and parents, even after they're gone. Man, No, they do not. That would be the main thing at this point. I want my children to remember me as a good mother, a positive influence in their life, someone that they learned from, someone that they feel was always loving and there for them. like I just I want to be remembered by them yes. as a good parent that gave them whatever they needed to become successful adults and yes. that when I'm gone they're not necessarily bereft or more that they just can sort of handle, I've given them enough skills to learn how to handle as an adult moving on in their life and having good memories of their mother and father and their family life and their childhood. Yeah. And then I think I'd be pretty happy because it meant I did well.
1: Yes. Well, I'm sure you'll reach out. I go, I've only known you for a few, of uh, 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 some time now. And I just this little bit of hours that I get from you is amazing. And I oh, really appreciate it. every. I, I really do. I just want to thank you for that because oh, um, you. you've helped me, and you don't even know. How, ah. You don't even know how. <laughs> I just awesome. want to say that. And I'm a, one of one of actually a members that come in all the time. When people when I talk to people, mm-hmm. um, so people always ask me how do I, I'm able to do it. It's because I get to talk to a human being. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but this day and age, people don't talk. Mm-mm. I talk mm-hmm. a lot, um, and I have a lot of conversations with people or um, in here. And one of them, he said, you know, you have to give your roses. To people while they're here, mm-hmm. and I remember when when we had that conversation, and I'm sure he's going to be listening then. And he said that it went over my head because oh, I'm a logical thinker. I'm mm-hmm. like roses, you don't have none. And he said well, when he said you have to give people people their roses when they're here. Mm-hmm. And Brandon, I want to give you yours. Mm-hmm. The first thought I the first thought of my head was I don't, you don't even have any roses. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> and I went home and it resonated and it sat in and I said, Wow, okay. Well, thank you. So I from that day on, mm-hmm. I want to like, tell people, you can tell people thank you, but you got to give them your roses. And again, whether um, you know it or not, I, I don't think we should go into detail of how people help people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I want to just know, you got to let people know that, hey, you've helped me and you don't even know it. So oh. I want to thank you for that. You well, know? thank you, yeah. Brandon, because
0: you've helped me meet my goal of being a podcaster where when I met you, yeah, I really thought I was going to be in my closet Yeah, I remember recording <laughs> it myself. And I look back now and laugh. Yeah. At how that never, ever would have come to pass, I wouldn't have succeeded. This is it so tough, right? Is- yeah, and that I met you and I came in here, in my own town. Yeah, there was a podcast recording to you with someone who will sit with you, and help you record it and make it a reality and make it pleasant. Yeah, so um, you helped me meet a goal I had that. I don't I because I, I knew nothing yeah and to think I was gonna they're like oh, you sit in a closet yeah <laughs> hang, hang up blankets
1: I remember you telling me the story you can edit it
0: yourself yeah when well, you get a go,
1: kids gonna bug you yeah I <laughs> remember
0: thinking I don't what the how do so I, I thank you as well for um helping me meet this goal where I can just come in every month yeah and record a podcast and They've gone all over the
1: world. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, they, every time you post... See, this is the thing I think mm-hmm. um, people don't understand about business, right? Mm-hmm. You can be in the business for the money mm-hmm. or the business to help someone succeed, mm-hmm. right? So just like our podcast space, um, some of our members know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Some of them have no idea. <laughs> and I always remind them, like, I could, t- technically, I can just sit in a corner and go, hey up if you want you know but i know that if they're successful that i'm successful because it's done here and 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 just seeing the response that they get like even when you guys are when you're posting that you you got over 500 downloads Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. makes me excited because it's like oh my god that's so amazing because it's another podcaster you know doing their thing one of the top mental health podcasts in india okay number 18 wow wait let's (laughs) one, one more time one more
0: time say that again uh, the number 18 mental health podcast in India.
1: A round of applause for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I was shocked. Yeah. I thought it was a scam, but I yeah. looked up the charts. It wasn't. Yeah. That's amazing though. You know, you gotta, cause you know, the thing is people don't understand people are always listening, mm-hmm. people are always mm-hmm. watching and this day in social media, it can be discouraging because you're not getting enough reposts, likes or mm-hmm. uh, views or follows, but that does not mean no one is listening. Mm-hmm. There's or people that surprise me all the time. <laughs> like I play this game because we're we're into marketing here and we try to help mm-hmm. the business build their brand and stuff. So I'm all in the back end of data yeah. analysis and things of that nature. So even with ourselves, we have to start with our company first. Mm-hmm. So I like to think I'm on top of things and I'll know. Like I know who who our audience is, I know this. And every now and again I get a random, random order or request from someone from somewhere I don't even know of. And I'm like, oh, people are watching over there. We got yeah. I didn't know we had people in Alabama. I did not know this and then we got an order the other day and it was from, I'm like, Alabama? is Alabama. Well, well there, there's someone I was talking to who's a mom friend who just wrote
0: her own book and had to do the audio version and she did the closet with the blankets yeah. and I said, listen, <laughs> did she? I said, the next time you have to do it, if you have to redo it, Check out the social tour Thank because you. it's a studio set up where you can just come in and read. Yes. And you don't have to worry about all that. And it's more professionally done. And she's like, right here in Easton. Yeah. I said, Yeah, it's right here. There's a you know and you're not doing there's more than one. Yeah. But this is the one that felt right for me. And oh, you know what I have to say? You're gonna you're gonna love this. Okay. <laughs> so you this, this is the social tour. Yes. But Brandon's podcast is the anti-social social, social tour, tour. And he has a song, the intro says, I used to be anti-social yes. and now so, <laughs> so everyone uses antisocial as means you're, you don't you're not social you maybe you don't like other people you don't like to hang out yeah so in psychology oh my god don't blow an, <laughs> antisocial doesn't mean you mean asocial yeah right like this person's really asocial mm-hmm. right that's what we all do coll- colloquially but antisocial in psychology is a personality disorder of like most criminals mm-hmm. um, serial killers mm-hmm. like. What we used to call psychopaths, okay, okay? now is called um, in the DSM the anti social personality disorder. So I always okay. laugh because people are always like, "I'm so antisocial. I don't feel like going out tonight." Uh-huh. I'm like, "Really? You're murdering animals. Yeah. Start- <laughs> and you're you're- starting fires, and you're planning, you know, to commit crime." Mm-hmm. Where they mean asocial. I kept thinking I have to tell Brandon because he'll laugh. Yeah.
1: yeah, I will now. Well, I try to change it. Well, now I know that it means asocial, but I also yeah. try to change the narrative of like being antisocial, right? Because yeah. at a point, um, I like to consider myself an introvert and extrovert. So like when I was mm-hmm. telling you how I, I don't really go out at night, I'm a worker. So mm-hmm. I like to work and spend time with my kids and do artsy stuff. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, I'll go out with a friend and, I'm, and I realize like, all right, this is really... I always thought it was a joke, like this is really not for me. I don't want to be out too many people. And you're introverted. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm also extroverted. So it's like a mix, you know? Yeah, you can be you're not, it's not one of those. So or the when other. we thought of this and I was like, Oh, how can I do this? If I change the narrative of like being anti-social, I didn't know what means means. No, but but <laughs> yeah. for the average
0: person, antisocial means what you mean. Yeah. I'm just letting you know like it's cracking me up as a psychologist. <laughs> This is the podcast right. for antisocial, so you have a large prison population. Yeah. That oh. <laughs> That's what always was Right, they're me.
1: Googling that, like, oh, well, this yeah. is not what we it. But
0: no, but most people
1: think of antisocial how you do,
0: yeah. right? It means like, oh, I don't, I don't like being around people. Yeah. I'm not feeling, like,
1: very social. Yes, but, yeah, so. but the goal here is to change that narrative. To, yes, to, to bring to... it, because that was the old me, right? Mm-hmm. We're not murdering animals anymore. no Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with that being said, where could we find you, I know you're going to say your podcast.
0: Yeah, because yes. I, um, well, anyone could Google me as Dr. Christine Malika and find me on LinkedIn. So professionally, you can always find me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just under Christine Malika, M-O-L-L-I-C-A, PhD, that, that yep. is the LinkedIn handle. You can see my um, sort of professional life on there. Yeah, The podcast life, of course, is interview with a therapist on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, the handle on Instagram is, I think, at. Interview therapist or interview yes. with a therapist. Interview with a the therapist, yeah. yeah. On Insta. So those are sort of the two ways to find me. I don't really have any personal presence yeah. on the internet so much. I may have a little, you know, like insta account, but that's just for like but the really the two ways to find me would be um, LinkedIn or interview with a therapist. And I have um, a Gmail account for the podcast org to reach me, which is um interview therapist at gmail.com. I just want to make sure I'm saying that right because, yeah, it's interviewtherapist, one word, at gmail.com in case anyone ever wanted to reach me or contact me. That's the best way.
1: You guys must so. listen to this podcast. It is, I'm always listening live, so I'm blessed for that. Thank you. Um, but you guys got to check it out. Um, and I always say one last thing, but my brain always tells me something else. Do you, how how far do you want to take this? I think that like, oh, do you, do you ever want to do like a blog or anything for this type of stuff?
0: You know, that came... Um, to mine because I got one of those like, you know, spam emails you get once you're a podcaster from people selling you stuff, but it was someone provided like a free release to sign up for their, um, like their emails, you know, and I don't have a release, but now I have one Mm -hmm. because, um, I don't know, I guess if someday I ever wanted to, I mean, what would I do? Would I put it into like a book format, like Mm -hmm. the interviews to read or would I, um, post it somewhere or, but right now. I just want to like get it disseminated out there. Like I just want people to be able to find it and hear it. And I don't have any future plans except for to grow yes, and to be able to continue on. But I think if I ever started having people sign the release, it would only be so that maybe someday I could put it into a book, book format form, yes. to be able to read these short excerpts of interviews for yes. like a, a, for a mental health, a mental health. Yeah,
1: book. I, c- I can see it. that. Yeah, Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, Christine, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming to sit down and talk to me. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks.